Man, it just seems to me as you look at the headlines, there's so much uncertainty happening in our world. There's so much insecurities going on and people trying to find out their anchor and trying to, trying to find out the source of their life and their strength. And, uh, and I tell you, whether um, it doesn't matter where you're rich or poor, there's a, there's a lot of uncertainty. Well, there's a group of, there's a group of students that we help sponsor. We don't, we don't even know their names. A group of students that we sponsor here at South Central Middle School, is about 20 of them, and we sponsor them and their families, and we do this through a program called Backpack Buddies. And uh, we have decided, our, our, uh, some of our leadership have decided that we're going to provide a Thanksgiving meal for those families. So there's about 14 families total uh, um, uh, with the 20 kids that are involved with Backpack Buddies here at South Central. And so what we want to do is we want to reach out to you, and we need your help in this. So in the lobby outside at Connection Point, you're going to see a display board, and you're going to see little pockets where it says Family 1, Family 2, all the way to 14. And in those pockets are cards, and on those cards are menu items. Okay, so let's say if it's mashed potatoes as a menu item. You say, you know, I'm going to sponsor uh, some mashed potatoes, and I'm going to bring take this card as a reminder. So you take that out of the card. Or let's say, you know, I got a whole bunch of mashed potatoes, you know, and you're going to take all the mashed potatoes, and you're going to take them, and you're going to go to your store, go to the store sometime over the next week or two. You're going to uh, take buy those items, and you're going to bring them back to Lake Point Church on a Sunday. And uh, we're going to have the final collection on November 13th. And some of you may be going, you know, I'm going to take this entire family, whatever is on the menu for that. And the menu is the same for all 14 families. And so we encourage you to check out that display board. Our small groups are providing uh, our, um, like the main, uh, you know, meat and the ham or the turkey or whatever through a gift card. And so you, we need your help uh, if you want to grab those individual items to help provide a meal. So that is out there, and uh, we, want you, we want you to help us uh, with that to help provide Thanksgiving meals for about 14 families right here in this school. Well, that right there is some uh, uncertainty in people's lives because the kids, um, they, they go home on the weekend and sometimes they're a little bit uncertain as, as, as if they're going to have enough food uh, to eat. And uh, so we provide that. And in this uncertainty of life is one reason why we are going into this Revelation series. We are in week four of this series, and we are walking all the way through it. You know, many people, they look at Revelation, and it's a book that, that uh, m- most people want to know about, but they're, uh, they, the reason why they, they want to know more about it is because they don't understand it. And, uh, and it's a book that most uh, pastors don't want to preach about it because they don't understand it either. So we're going to do all this. We're going to walk through this together. And, um, and this book is really a letter to seven churches. In our first week, we talked uh, about what that looked like, what Jesus was saying to the seven churches. Uh, Revelation is a vision from John. John was one of the disciples. You may have heard of John 3.16, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That is in a book that John wrote. And so um, John saw this vision. God gave him this vision while he was exiled on the island of Patmos, which is just outside 
um, of Turkey, present-day Turkey, which is Asia Minor. And so there are seven churches there that Jesus was uh, talking to. And so these seven churches, he, he mentioned words like, you're lukewarm, or you've lost your first love, or I see the persecution you're facing. And so that letter can also be for us, and for us to understand, are we lukewarm? Are we, uh, have we lost our first love? Are we, do we feel persecuted as we follow uh, Christ? In our second week, we talked about the throne of God and how this throne of God is something that is so majestic and that sometimes in our life, the frustrations, the distractions, the hopelessness in its life causes a, a sort of a cloud over our view of God's throne and to know that God is on his throne. I don't know about you, but there, not a week goes by where I don't spend some time not realizing or not remembering that God is on his throne. And he is the one in control. You know what? So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on in this life. God is on his throne. So our message from that, we got to stop freaking out. we got to stop freaking out because God is sits on his throne. Last week, we talked about the seals, um, and, and, and the seals were on a scroll that God was holding, and again, this is all part of the vision, and there's only one person, Jesus Christ, who can break the seals on this scroll. So each seal, we walk through that, what that looks like, and with each seal started uh, what, what is called the, uh, the tribulation. So last week, we began to see what those uh, seals look like. The first seal was military conquest. The second seal represented civil war. The third seal was famine. The fourth seal was plagues. The fifth seal was, was all about people who had been martyred or killed for their faith. We're, we're actually seeing that today in our, in our modern culture. And, um, and seal number six was the rapture. And where the, the believers are caught up in the air to meet Jesus. So w before we go into the seventh seal, which is the final seal today, let's talk real quick about the, what that rapture. What exactly is the rapture? Well, the rapture is when Jesus meets in the air those who are believers. First, the dead in Christ will rise. So those who, are, who, have, who have died and are on a grave, those, their bodies who are, and it's going to be kind of freaky, you know, um, you know, be really weird if it happened like on Halloween, all right? So, uh, but it, it, those who are dead in, in Christ will rise first, and then those who are living on this earth who are believers in Jesus Christ, who proclaim Christ as Savior, ask Him into their heart, into their life, they're going to be taken up, and they're going to meet Jesus in the air. And that is, that is called the rapture. You may have seen movies about that where, you know, you have somebody driving a car and someone is sitting beside them and the person driving the car is gone. And he's like, whoa, this is freaky. And then, you know, then that person is dead, you know, because he's not driving a car. So there's lots of things that we can look at with the rapture, but we just want to keep it simplified in the fact that the rapture is simply the believers being caught up in the air with Jesus. As it says in 1 Thessalonians, Chapter 4, verse 16 through 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. I hope the rapture comes while I'm alive. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. 
all right? And so, uh, and I know I'm going to be involved in the rapture because I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, but one thing to understand, the rapture is not the second coming of Jesus, okay? That is a different thing. The rapture is him calling uh, believers, calling his church into heaven. The rapture is not the second coming of Jesus. The second coming of Jesus is when he returns with the church to defeat the Antichrist, overthrow evil, and set up his kingdom. Um, and we're going to get more on that as we get more into, uh, into the book of Revelation. But there are various viewpoints of when the rapture will take place. Some people will believe that the rapture will take place before any of the tribulation began, sort of a, a pre-tribulation. Um, some people believe the rapture will take place after uh, the tribulation, so when the full tribulation happens. And uh, some people believe that, um, that the rapture will take place sort of during or in the middle of the tribulation. Now, after my studying of this book and after reading lots and lots of things and praying, uh, I've come to, you know, my personal belief is I, I think we're, we're seeing some of the tribulation now. As we looked at seals one through five before the rapture, uh, that happens in seal number six, uh, we're already seeing some of these things on this earth. So I think we're already uh, seeing the tribulation. Now, the, the, the big part of the tribulation called the great tribulation is what we're going to focus on today. But whether you believe it's the rapture is before the tribulation, after the tribulation, or during the tribulation, can I tell you something? All that doesn't matter. None of that matters if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. The bottom line is where are you going to go when you die or where are you going to be whenever Jesus meets his church in the air? Where are you going to be? You know, because there's a lot of people that get into deep discussions of, well, I believe, you know, the rapture happens before the tribulation or after tribulation or whatever. You know, I don't really get into arguments on that. And you're not going to hear me say that's what you need to believe. All I know is this. Believe what the Bible says, and the Bible says you need to have the saving faith of Jesus Christ, and we need to have Jesus Christ in our life and make him Lord of our life. That's what the Bible says, and so we need to confess our sin and, and believe that he died on the cross for us. And so that right there is, is, the, um, uh, is really the simple gospel message, so you don't get mixed up in when, uh, when is the rapture going to happen. So, um, so the, the, the first seal begins the tribulation, and I believe we are seeing the first signs of that. The sixth seal triggers the rapture and the day of the Lord, which is the time when God will pour out his wrath on the unbelieving world as the seventh seal is opened. We see the tribulation now on steroids, all right? They're called the great tribulation. The great tribulation is going to be our focus for Today, So this, this seventh seal begins, and we're going to be in chapter 8. So if you have your copy of God's Word, uh, you can go to Revelation chapter 8, or you can uh, watch the screen, and we'll have the verses there. You can also look on the YouVersion Bible app. Go to Bible.com, and we are there. Um, so the seventh seal begins what is known as a great tribulation. It starts with silence before God's judgment. And it's kind, of, it's kind of weird that God would say, all right, here's seals number one through six. The rapture of the church happens. He meets a church in the air. And then before the seventh seal, which begins sort of the, 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 the great tribulation, there's silence. And the Bible says there's silence for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 
Now, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's God's like, all right, just getting ready to lower his boom on, on, on a sinful world, okay, or, or of the enemy. Or maybe, uh, maybe it's, it's time for, you know, the, those who are believers to, to go up into heaven and kind of get settled and, you know, get, get their spot and get their popcorn and watch the, on the big screen what's about to happen, all right? I don't know. But I do know this, that there was silence in heaven. So we actually see that in a few places in Scripture. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever Noah uh, built the ark and he brought his family in, do you know he was in the ark, he and his family, for seven days? So he built the ark, 120 years he built this thing. And then for seven days, you know, his family came in and he's waiting for, waiting for rain, waiting for rain, waiting for rain. It doesn't happen for seven days. You know why? It's God's silence before his judgment of the world. Same thing happened with the walls of Jericho. You may have heard about the walls of Jericho coming down. You know, for seven days, they, they marched around the city, but they did it quietly. They did it quietly. They didn't say a word. They marched around the city for seven days. And then on the last day is when they yelled, they blew trumpets, and that was God's judgment, and the walls came down. So there's, and there's various other places in Scripture where we find the silence of God before the judgment of God. And, and it says this in Revelation 8, 1 through 5. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour, and I, John, saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets who uh, were, were given to them. So seven angels were given seven trumpets. We're going to be talking about those seven trumpets. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar, sort of like a bowl, and was standing at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense, or the prayers of the people, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, Filled, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. This is something that John is seeing. So we, do, we see this, if we see this in our own lives, if we see sort of a, a, a silence in our own lives, it could mean a couple of things. If you've been praying for God to do something uh, in, in your life, maybe you're being sort of persecuted by some family members because of your faith, or maybe you're being persecuted at work because, because of your faith, or students because of your faith, at school with other, uh, with other students, you know, or, um, or whatever the case may be, uh, if you feel like that there's silence for a little bit of time and God's not really doing anything, it could be you know, God's judgment coming on them. Now, they're probably not going to be, you know, having hurls of, of fire coming from heaven, you know, and strike them with lightning, even though you might want that, all right? But that's probably not going to happen. But God, uh, God will take care of those things. God will fight for you. You just stand for him and stand for your faith. Or it could be this. Maybe you're living your life and, and, and you're not really, uh, not really following Christ and you feel like God is so distant from you. It could be that God's like, hey, dude, I'm distant from you because, you know, there, there's, there's going to be a, a little bit of correction from me, <laughs> all right? So sometimes God is silent whenever God, before God begins to, co to correct us so we can use that in our own lives. So let's talk about the trumpets. The trumpets along with the judgments that follow are the true outpouring of God's wrath. And let me remind you of something. Those people who are believers, the church, 
They're caught up in the air. They're in heaven. Okay? The rapture has happened. And so, um, so when we talk about God's wrath, uh, the believers are not on the earth. So the earth itself will be damaged and poisoned. Millions upon millions will suffer and perish. So Revelation chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. Here's the first trumpet. Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood. How would you like that? Right? Look out your window. Hail, fire, and blood falling down. And it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up. And all the green grass was burned up. The second trumpet, the second angel sounded his trumpet and sounded like a huge mountain. All ablaze with thrown into, was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea turned into blood. A third of the living creatures and the sea died. And the third of the ships were destroyed. The third trumpet. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on the third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter, and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. Fourth trumpet. The fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also third of the night. As I watched, I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call out in a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. Now, we've talked about trumpets one, two, three, and four. And you may say, okay, Frank, you're up here talking about a guy who's listening to eagles talk. Okay, Maybe he was on something. <laughs> now, John wasn't on anything. He was seeing a vision from the Lord, and a, and a lot of these are, are metaphors for what's going to happen. You've got to read into some of these things, and, and even though we may not totally, uh, completely understand, we know this one fact. The fact is this. God's going to call his church, and there's going to come judgment. And then the eagle warns us, woe for the next three angels, because it's about to get real. All right, everybody say that. It's about to get real. Okay, so we're going to chapter 9, Revelation chapter 9. Chapter 9, 1 through 12, here goes. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I, John, saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key of the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and the sky were darkened by the sun, smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came down on the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, which is what locusts normally do, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. I'm going to get that in a minute. They were not allowed to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like women's hair. Their teeth were like lion's teeth. 
They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. I've heard uh, some, some Bible scholars say that could be John looking at a helicopter, okay? Kind of describes a helicopter. We he, were helicopters back then. How do you describe something that doesn't exist? Verse 10, they had tails or stingers like scorpions, and in their tails they had power to torment people for five months. They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, uh, Apollyon, that is destroyer. The first woe is past. Two other woes are yet to come. So here's what's going to happen. Let me explain this. At the sounding of the fifth trumpet, judgment in Revelation 9, a supernatural demonic army will be released from the bottomless pit, also known as the abyss, a a prison of demons and fallen angels. This supernatural demonic army from the abyss will invade the world openly, and they will torment all people on the earth for five months. They will cause so much pain and suffering that people will wish they could die rather than suffer the torment from those uh, beings. And the 144,000 will be protected from their attacks. I mean, let me stop there. We talked about the 144,000 last week when, when uh, they were beginning to open up the seals. And after the rapture, the Bible talks about that God's going to awaken 144,000 of them being Jews. And they're going to say, oh, my God, that was real. The rapture's real. Uh, the New Testament is real. Uh, I've been blinded. Our, our, the Jews have been blinded all these years. How could we miss this? So those Jews who are not Christians, and there are Jews who've actually come to Christ, and they try to tell their, their Jewish friends, look, you need to continue reading you know, uh, on through the New Testament, because, man, it's, it's about to get real. And so uh, the 144,000 are some uh, that will, God will, will cause them to wake up and to realize I'm a sinner and I need to have faith in Jesus. And those 144,000, they're going to uh, lead others to Christ during this tribulation. But it's going to be hard. They're going to lose their life. The Bible says they're going to lose their head. They're going to be beheaded during this time. And, and, but they will be martyred for their, for their sake name, and they will not accept the mark of the beast, which we'll get to later. So they will not accept the mark of the beast. And, and uh, if they don't accept the mark of the beast and they become Christians during this time, they will uh, be caught up in the air when Jesus returns for his second coming um, and with, when he comes back with his church. So basically what's going to happen is the demons from hell are going to come up and attack the earth. Now, you've kind of seen some movies about what that could be like. I mean, it's greater than any movie you and I can ever imagine. But that's what's going to happen in, the, in this trumpet, which is the fifth trumpet. So let's go to the sixth trumpet, Revelation 9, 13 through 21. The sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar that is before God. It is said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates and the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of the mounted troops were twice 10,000 times 10,000 and I heard their number 200 million. So there's going to be an army of 200 million. The horses and the riders I saw in my vision looked like this. 
Their breastplates were fiery red, dark, blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third of mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses were in their mouths and in their tails, for the tails were like snakes, having heads with which they inflict injury. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these, um, these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands. They did not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immorality, and their thefts. So this is basically describing, I mean, sort of like a world war. So at this phase of sort of like a World War III, uh, it would kill billions of human beings. I mean, 200, 200 million army. And, 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 in this, um, and in this war, it's going to kill billions of human beings. Jesus said that unless those days are shortened, no flesh would be saved. All life on earth would be destroyed, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24. We visited Matthew chapter 24 last week. Now, if... if, if, if if all of this revelation was only given to John, and all we see is John, we could probably say, okay, maybe John was hallucinating, or maybe John was exiled too much that he just, he was missing, you know, uh, some, um, you know, some friends, you know, he was lonely, you know, he was messed up. But Jesus talks about it. You can look in the book of Daniel, which was written hundreds of years before, book of Isaiah, it talks about the very similar things. And so Jesus, while he was on this earth, he said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 21 through 22, he says this, For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be Shortened, the elect, the 144,000, plus those who have accepted Christ. So we see trumpets, one through six, sounded by six angels. But if you remember, there are seven angels and seven trumpets. And before we get to the seventh trumpet, which we're going to get to the seventh trumpet next week, when it really gets real, there's sort of a, uh, there's sort of a break in all this. And this is what John sees in, 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 in Revelation chapter 10, verse 1 through 11. Then I, John, saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun, and his legs were like fiery pillow, pillars. He was holding a little scroll, which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. When he shouted, the voices of the seven thunders spoke. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven say, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. Then the angel I had been standing, that had been standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven. And he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that is in it, and said, There will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Then the voice that I'd heard from the heavens spoke to me once more, go, 
take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who was standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said "Take me t- uh, to me, take it and eat it, and I will turn your st- uh, stomach sour, for in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it, and, I taste- and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I'd eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, and languages, and kings. Now, we're going to stop there in Scripture today. But let me wind this up. Basically, we have this angel, huge angel, one foot on land, one foot on sea. It's probably a pretty good-sized scroll. It looked little because it was in his mighty hand. But he had asked, he was told, John was told, take the scroll, eat the scroll. It's going to taste good. However, when it's in your stomach, when it gets in your stomach, it's going to taste really sour. It's going to make you sick. It's going to make you feel like you're going to want to throw up. You know, that right there, uh, as I was studying this, uh, many people believe that is John who's understanding what's, what's being said to him through the visions. And he's understanding that, so he is, he is, um, he's in, in taking this stuff, but the, what he's about to see is going to upset him in the seventh trumpet. And as he sees God uh, take, um, put his judgment on this earth. And so what he's about to, about to experience is something that it will make him sick. And I've even heard some people say this. Uh, many people will, uh, on this earth, even now, today, they will hear the gospel message. They will hear it, but it will make them sick. Why? Because it goes against their sinful nature. It goes begin to their sinful nature. And so my question to you today is this, as we wind this, uh, this message up. You've heard the gospel message, which is this. We are all sinners. Christ died for us. If you have told a lie, you've sinned. We are separated from God, all holy and righteous and pure God who loves us. Hell was not created for you. Hell was not created for me. Hell was created for the enemy, the devil, who fell from heaven and his angels, a third of the angels. Hell was not meant for you. God does not want you to go to hell. But because of the sin in our life, God has separated us from him because of that. And the only way that you and I can have that union back with him is to believe in Jesus. Jesus, God's one and only son, came to this earth, died on this earth. He lived a sinless life. He never sinned once. He, he laid his life down on the, on the cross. He was crucified, and God put all of the sin of the world on his shoulders, on the cross of his son, Jesus Christ. And all of the sins, the, your sins that you have committed, the sins that you're going to commit, my sins, they were put on Jesus, and they're dead. And all we have to do to have freedom in this life is to believe that Jesus Christ took our sins. And how do we do that? We simply say, we simply say this, you know, I believe Jesus, you died for me. I believe you took my sins on the cross. I believe that, that you are God's son. And I ask you to please forgive me my sins. I'm confessing you, my, my sins, my, my lying, my cheating, my sexual immorality, my thoughts. I'm, I'm giving you all of my sins. I'm confessing them to you because I cannot hold these on my own. I cannot, as a human being, withhold these. I need these released because I'm tired of walking with chains 
on my body, strapped to the sin that I've incurred in my life. Please forgive me my sin. Please be Lord of my life. Come into my life. Please set me free from sin, from bondage. When you pray that prayer and you decide to live a life for Jesus, his word, his, his word that you are, are taking in is it's not going to make you sick. It's going to make you whole. It's going to make you whole. But if you listen to the gospel message, and if it's making you sick at your stomach, or you're like, you know, I'm uncomfortable with that. I'm uncomfortable with that. I'd like to live my life now. I can live my life just like I am. I'm fine. I don't need some, somebody to help me. If you're, if you're sensing some struggle in your life, you could be the Holy Spirit talking to you today to get right with the Lord. You know, Jesus is coming back. It's all over God's word. All over God's word. He is coming back. And he's coming back to take his church. And he's coming back to rescue you. And he's coming back also to provide judgment to a sinful world and to finally defeat the Antichrist and defeat Satan and make him bow before him and proclaim that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. You know what? I want you to be part of that. I want you to be part of the rapture. And if you die before the rapture comes, I want you to be the first one of the first people to rise from your grave and go up into heaven and, 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 and beat those who are, uh, who are alive on this earth. And I want you to be forever living with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So how do you do that? You accept Christ as Savior. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And when I do that, we're going to say a prayer. And I'm going to give you this invitation. I'm not going to let you leave without an invitation. The invitation is very simple. I'll tell you what it is. To accept Christ as Savior. To say, you know... I'm, sin, I'm a sinful person. I need Jesus. And so what we'll do is we'll, we'll get you to identify that. You're not going to stand up. You're not going to stand up here to the front. You know, uh, we're not going to have you uh, pray out loud to people. We'll just simply just raise you in your hand and say, you know, Frank, I need to